Uh, yesterday, the federal government tabled new gun control legislation. Of course, uh, we know this is a hot topic in the states after the tragedy at Uvalde, Texas, at Robb Elementary School. The um, feds are proposing a national freeze on the purchase, sale, importation, and transfer of handguns in Canada, and a pledge to start buying back thousands of banned assault weapons before the end of the year. Wendy Sukier has been on the show before. She's president of the Canadian Coalition for Gun Control, and she has been um, good enough to uh, join us again right now. Wendy, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. For people that aren't familiar with your coalition, can you, you know, before we get to your thoughts on the legislation, share what led to the creation of the Canadian Coalition for Gun Control? Sure. Well, the Coalition for Gun Control was really created in the wake of the Montreal Massacre in part because um, many of us were blissfully unaware of the loopholes in Canadian laws. I think, and this, this persists today, people in Canada think we're awesome because we compare ourselves to the United States. And if that's your if that's your benchmark, we are awesome. But if you compare Canadian laws and the rates of Canadian violence to Europe or Australia or New Zealand or a lot of other industrialized countries, we don't look so good. And so uh, the coalition um, eventually was several hundred organizations from including uh, public health, policing, uh, victims groups and so on, uh, working for stronger gun laws. Safe to say that the uh, Canadian Gun Control Coalition has been calling for national action for ages when it comes to gun control. What do you think of the proposed bill? I actually, uh, uh, I'm not usually a cheerleader, but in this case, I, I would say that I do think it's a game changer. I mean, the last legislation that was introduced in 2018 went a long way to plugging some of the loopholes that had been created under the Conservative government. But this legislation actually takes us forward by introducing, um, accelerating the uh, the buyback of military-style assault weapons, including the AR-15 and the Ruger Mini-14, the gun used in polytechnic and other mass shootings. But uh, for us, the really interesting piece of it is the uh, proposed uh, ban on the importation, the transfer, and the sale of handguns. Because we've gone from 360,000 legally owned handguns in about 2006 to over a million. And, you know, at some point you reach a critical mass where there's not much you can do. I think that this law effectively is turning off the tap. And there are other measures that we can do to empty the bucket because there's also money that's being put in for, um, you know, for example, voluntary buybacks and and so on. So I think it's uh, so much better than anything that's been proposed since, you know, uh, Paul Martin proposed a ban on handguns in 2005. Um, some of the measures uh, that you just mentioned uh, didn't pass because they were proposed, but then as soon as the election was called, everything kind of fell apart. Can you maybe outline what the uh, earlier measures were that are included in the bill and, and where you stand on those? So I have to say that, you know, quite honestly, this was announced late in the day yesterday, so we haven't had the technical briefing or gone through the details. But in some of the high-level principles are things like 
how we improve uh, the screening for licenses. And in the earlier proposals, um, you know, it looked very much like someone had cut and pasted from U.S. laws uh, that are called red flag laws. In our view, those don't work in Canada. We have provisions in the law that say, you know, the, the firearms officer can refuse a license to anyone in their opinion who presents a uh, threat to themselves or any other person and gives, because in Canada there are no gun rights, uh, you know, that's a myth. We, the Supreme Court has said um, it, there is no right to bear arms in Canada. So we start from a very different position, which is it's a privilege to be allowed to have a gun. And in many ways, um, there's some tweaks that are being introduced, for example, around protection orders, where uh, guns will automatically be uh, taken away and, and uh, licenses revoked and so on. But a big piece that has to be addressed is also implementation. So, you know, there's been inquiry after inquiry after inquiry that shows the laws are not being implemented. And we're seeing that with uh, Porta Peak and, and many of those other uh, inquiries. So another piece that wasn't in the law, but it's really important, is the mandate letter to the RCMP commissioner says that she must um, uh, work on the implementation of the existing law. So that's huge for uh, dealing with violence against women and potentially suicide and other things. Uh, The other piece that's very important is, uh, as I said, the buyback on military assault weapons. They're also going to uh, work on the language or the definition, which is key because you want it to be broad enough to capture the Ruger Mini-14, the AR-15 guns that have been shown to be dangerous. You don't want it so broad that it's going to affect um, uh, hunting rifles Mm -hmm. and shotguns. But sure. the final piece is the ban on the sale of uh, handguns. And what had previously been proposed was downloading responsibility for uh, banning handguns to the cities and then the provinces. And with this law, the federal government has stepped up and is recognizing its duty to take action. And why didn't you like that? Because, I mean, you could arguably um, get... Uh, you know, very micro with that if you leave it to the municipalities? Was it there would be nothing standard? There would be nothing standard. And we've seen seen such a failed experiment in the U.S. where D.C. banned handguns and everyone just bought them in West Virginia. You need strong national foundation. And then the provinces can choose to add to that as Quebec has. But you need that strong national foundation because... A patchwork of gun laws will will make things worse. Marco Menacino is the public, uh, the minister of public safety. I have a clip from him uh, yesterday. He was talking about additional measures that the police can take when it comes to uh, what this legislation does to address tracing and smuggling of guns. Among other things, giving police new powers uh, to investigate and to interdict gun crime before it uh, can occur. So uh, the law does contain provisions that would allow additional wiretapping, specifically in relation uh, to gun or firearms offenses. What do you think of that? I mean, it seems that to me seems like it's just placating people that would say, well, this doesn't go far enough on criminals because you still got to get warrants to wiretap. Yeah, it, you know, and, and this is, again, the devil is often in the details, uh, you know, and 
previously, uh, there were certain things that police could do under the inspections power that actually allowed them to take action very quickly. And we have to balance that against the requirements for judicial authorizations in certain certain circumstances. But what you didn't play was where the minister noted that, um, you know, they have been doing things at the border and last year, in fact, they confiscated at the border twice as many guns as they had in previous years. And the research that we've done, and we've done this for about 20 years on the, um, you know, the international trafficking of firearms, does show that intelligence-based policing is one of the more effective ways. Like, you really do have to, you know, you can't be searching every car or truck that comes over the border. You have to have mechanisms for identifying risks and and following up on them. So I I don't think that this law is going to be the solution to all that ails us. But I do think what is so reassuring now um, and different from anything we've heard for at least, you know, 15 years or more is a recognition that this is complex, it's multifaceted, and the solution needs to match the complexity of the problem. I have one more clip from Mendocino, and he's talking about uh, law-abiding gun owners who might have their backs up and be bristled at this new legislation. We respect them, and respectfully, it does not. And I've heard that stereotype many times. It does not advance substantively the debate on what is smart, informed gun policy. And before we tabled this legislation, we had meaningful conversations with law enforcement. We had meaningful conversations with women's groups and survivors groups. What do you think about this, the gun owners getting their backs up about this proposed uh, law? Because there are legitimately gun owners that might need it. You know, I was talking about how a farmer, you spoke about this too, might need a shotgun. Yeah, but, but the point is that this law has no impact, like zero impact, other than on the licensing provisions. If that farmer also beats his wife... He's not going to have a shotgun, but those unrestricted rifles and shotguns that are reasonably used for hunting, for pest controls on farms and so forth are completely different based on characteristics, international law and so on, from what we would call military style assault weapons. And and we're very insistent on on those distinctions. An AR-15 is not a hunting rifle. Similarly, handguns. Even though you do have people in rural communities getting handguns for target shooting or, sadly, other purposes, Mm -hmm. handguns are not used for hunting. They are not used for pest control. They're supposed to be very, very strictly controlled. And what we've seen over the last 15 years is an explosion of the number of legally owned handguns in Canada. Um, And the consequences of that are significant. if you look at the, the mass shootings over the last 10 years, most of them are legal owners, legal guns. So, um, you know, I think most Canadians, and we've seen this in poll after poll, including a lot of gun owners, support a ban on handguns. Because when you look at the usefulness and the legitimacy of handguns versus the risks, it doesn't compute. Wendy, I'm going to leave it at that. I want to thank you for joining us. You've made a lot of sense today, and I really appreciate your input on this new uh, legislation for gun control in Canada. We'll see where it goes. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Wendy Sukier is president of the Canadian Coalition for Gun Control.